Good afternoon. Welcome to the 330 Sports Show. My name is Justin Coffin. Across from me, Joe Danier. Uh, it is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. The weather is crappy outside. It's only going to get worse the next couple of days, but whatever. You know, we're here. Whatever. It's freaking January. Show. Whatever. You know, the Browns lost last weekend. We're all pissed. The weather sucks. Spring is, there's no spring in sight. Fucking cheers. <laughs> we were drinking, whatever. So, Hopefully everyone out there is doing doing well. We're we're doing we're doing well here. It's just uh, not our favorite time of year, no. especially if the the Browns aren't in the playoffs and and this and that. So whatever, we're here. We're gonna ha we're gonna drink and uh, make the best of it. Yeah. So I saw that uh, our buddy Bill Belichick might have a suitor. Mm -hmm. uh, probably has a job. But what are your feelings about a team that? You know, you've been with for 150,000 years. Mm -hmm. And then what what advantage would be to let that dude go? Uh, I think it was just time for a change. Every Everybody needs a, a, re, a refresh here and there. Um, you know, Bill Belichick's probably what, like 72, 73, I'm guessing. Um, he had a lot of control in that organization. He was... Um, he was not not just the coach, but the GM kind of ran the defense, if you want to say that, too. Um, and, you know, they kind of went. They still went with a defensive guy to replace him with Gerard Mayo, but um, they. They weren't they kind of you could tell it's kind of like a different direction. They're probably going to have a GM now, not Belichick picking like some terrible players. Bill Belichick is a great um a great cook with the ingredients he has but he's not a great purchaser of those ingredients um and i think a fresh start for him would be good okay i saw reports out there like he wants um he wants a young uh team and who knows what how much of this stuff's true a lot of it's true a lot of it's not it's probably somewhere in the middle, but um, where he wants a team that's like an underperforming talented team. So it sounds like to me, that's the Atlanta Falcons or uh, the LA chargers. So one of those two, I have a feeling Harbaugh, I would bet by the end of the day tomorrow, Jim Harbaugh is an NFL coach. Just my opinion. I think Bill Belichick probably finds his way to one of those teams too. Okay. So I'm really surprised the Cowboys are keeping um mcdaniel or not mcdaniels but uh mccarthy and i'm really surprised the eagles are sticking with seriani after those two you think harbaugh will be new England? uh no I'm, I'm gonna say harbaugh will be atlanta the chargers was, okay the chargers right. that would be and i believe those are the two teams he's interviewed with at least reports out there so i'm gonna say jim harbaugh la chargers by the end of the day tomorrow okay what what do you think? Who do you think uh, might go where? Where do you think Belichick might go? I really don't care. Do like, you think I, he is going to coach I, I, though for sure? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think so. I think he'll end up somewhere. Um, I you know when you get when you have these head coach shuffles, you, mm -hmm. you kind of get a, a viewpoint on who the real talented coaches are, who's sought after. Yeah. So you you think that if you've got a talented one, you like lock them down long term and you hang on to them. That's why I was so surprised. Yeah. That Belichick got you know let go. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it was probably, it was a nice, like, you know, they, they did a joint press conference, Robert Kraft too. You know what pisses me off? Like a lot of people give Deshaun Watson a lot of crap about the whole massage stuff and whatever. Robert Kraft was legitly caught 
uh, and no one talks poorly about him because he's the white billionaire owner. But Deshaun Watson, the oh, he's just a multi-millionaire quarterback. <laughs> but he's I think what you want, but I think there's a little race thing involved there you think too. So? Oh yeah, right. I, and I think there's a national media. Uh, agenda out there think what you want about Deshaun Watson probably not the most perfect guy off the field but he does a lot of good stuff in the community a lot of people loved him up until all these reports came out said he was a really good person this and that but but Robert Kraft gets none of that like I haven't heard a single thing negative about him so I will hear Deshaun Watson if you're listening just become a billionaire that's the strategy. Yeah. Well, he's uh, what? He's about a quarter of his way there from this. Five yeah. Year sign contract. another contract. <laughs> the, the bench contracts work. Yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, but a couple things I've heard though too is like, oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play. You know, he's not. You know, whatever this and that. It's like the dude is a professional football player. He was five and one, four and one technically uh, with the Browns this year. Um, so we have even though he won, there's not a game that he looked better than Flacco looked after not playing for disagree. Whatever. Disagree. Tell me, tell Ten- me which way. Tennessee, the Tennessee game All right, looks one. really good. One, the, one game. The second half of the Baltimore game. How, how many times did Flacco throw at people's shoes? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's fair. How many interceptions did Flacco throw to? Too. A lot, a lot. And, and again, he came off the, off the couch to Sean, didn't play for a long time. They both have rust factor. And I don't want to like trash the Browns players at all because we're I just think, pissed. We are allowed to get that off of our we're chest. We're just in a shitty mood today. <laughs> and you know what? We're allowed to complain. Yeah. Um, get it all out, man. I, I was on, I was on with the uh, MLO bros on Tuesday night. We didn't do a podcast here Tuesday. I, but I was, I jumped on with them on Tuesday and they asked me, um, to, you know, about an hour before they said, come up with a, a list of a couple things that um, piss you off about social media. Okay. And so I gave mine. Um, what pisses you off about social media? We're, we're going to be all over the place, by the way, today. So if you're here for the Browns, we will get to that. If you're here for the NFL, we will get to that. If you're here for Ryan Martino, we will get to him when he gets here. He's um, he should be down here in about a half hour. So, um, so I, when my, when my kid, my 13 year old got on social media, I only gave him one thing to don't do. Don't you ever post food on social media? (laughs) That's it. Like the the pictures of food. Yeah, I'm eating a cheeseburger. Yeah, snap, yeah. snap. Yeah, hate that. I will say, yeah, that's that's definitely people that think they're um, you know, you're at a freaking you know, God love BJ's brew house, but you're at BJ's uh, getting taking a picture of a freaking chicken sandwich and uh, and French fries and a salad or something. It's like, oh wow, you know, I've never seen that before. That's that's fascinating. Or you're at an Italian restaurant in Youngstown taking a picture of a freaking plate of spaghetti and meatballs. It's like, oh, no one from Youngstown has ever seen that before, for God's sakes. It's like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, if, if you're marketing your restaurant and you take a snapshot of the burger, you get an exemption to that. That's role. different. Yeah, that's different. If it's, if it's like the restaurant itself posting it to its social media, yeah, that's marketing. But I feel like that's biased because if I take the shot, the restaurant takes a shot. I might be like, oh, that's good. Maybe I'll just head down to the Federal and grab that burger. But if Mary Jane Sue takes that yeah. same picture, I'm like, you be. What are you taking a picture of your And, and pick a damn name, Mary <laughs> Joe Sue. 
<laughs> I mean, for She's God's sake. Too many first names. Yeah, yeah. I you never trust anyone with one for, or multiple first names, like Tex Allen or, you know, Billy Bob. <laughs> Billy Bob, whatever. So, right. what were you, you what, what pisses you off about social? So, uh, the number one thing I said on my list was passive aggressive comments. Like, if you're going to call somebody out, first of all, be a man, be a woman, talk to them face to face. Mm -hmm. Or, or, if you're going to stir the pot, call them out directly. You know, it's like give them a chance to respond. Whereas some people are so passive aggressive, they don't even know who they're talking about anymore, but they do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like they they have made so many frenemies or they are so fake nice to you to your face. And then they will stab you in the back in a heartbeat like that. There's, now, there's do, a lot of shitty people like that. Do, do you have any like legit haters that follow you around and shit post you i uh anymore probably not like i may like i think most people that know me know i'm a pretty nice genuine person what you kind of see is what you get from me i'm not someone that's going to be like hi you know nice to your face and like talk shit about you behind your back that's not who i am if i don't like you i probably am not going to give you the time of day okay. and normally i give everybody a chance um, unless I completely disrespect you um, because you're just a terrible person or you're um, like one of those people that are those fake nice people. And believe me, we've all crossed paths with those type of people in my life, um, especially. I've, there's been a few, not many. Most people out there are genuinely really, really good people. Um, you get your hand, you get, so it's almost like, that um, it's almost like a bell curve in the sense of like, you have your small group of really terrible, awful people. You have the up, up, you know, the great big majority, the vast majority are super awesome people, great people, legitimate to your face, nice, whatever. And then at the end, there's those people that are kind of nice, but they're kind of shitty too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're like, they, they play the two faced coin. So, um, but if someone's going to be shitty like that, I'd rather them just be shitty and not be that half nice, half fake. I'm this way on social media. I'm this way um, when I'm talking with somebody to get something of benefit to myself or whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? I, I have five legit enemies like that. They gun for me pretty much every day of their lives. Only five. Only five. Okay. Three of them are kind of that passive aggressive. They throw some grenades my way. Mm -hmm. They try to make me look foolish. And two of them, like I know that would stab me in the face with a screwdriver. Oh. No doubt. Like they're, they've been my nemesis for years. Okay. And you know, I, I, I kept all of my socials open mm -hmm. and at a, a certain point they're, they're kind of entertaining with how far they'll go. And I don't really engage, but they have, they have to, they have to vocalize on everything that I post and mm -hmm. try to make me look like an idiot. I have, um, I don't want to say any names per se, but when you are out in the public eye, you're a business owner, you uh, are out in the community, you're involved with a lot of different things. So a lot of people know you from that. I was more of a, uh, in a smaller, um, let's call it a smaller pond uh, with a lot of fish in there too. So my pond, um, being a teacher and a coach, you know, 
most people, I don't want to say in education, especially I was, I was an elementary teacher. I had great relationships with staff, with kids, well, kids, number one, you know, that's most important. You want that rapport with them um, and you want them to like you, but you also want them to respect you when they're in second grade, when I was teaching for so long, as long as you're a nice person, those kids are going to love you, you know, and, and your job is to one, keep them safe to um, enjoy learning. You know, that was my job and I loved it. You know, there, there's a lot of different um, loopholes teachers have to do now or hoops, I should say, they have to jump through, which doesn't make education as fun as it used to be. Um, and I'm sure your wife can, I, I'm not saying, I don't want to put words in her mouth, yeah. but a lot of teachers out there um, know what I mean. They, yeah. you're, you're in it for the kids. You're not in it for all the, the hoops you have to jump yeah. through. And honestly, at the end of the day, you're not getting paid what you're worth, but at the end of the day, you're worth what you get paid because that's, that's the job market. So I was a little bit afraid of you, by the way. Before, <laughs> before we started, before before we started doing stuff, like teachers, nuns, and police officers are <laughs> are just like lily white. You know, you're you know at, involved in a charity that does all this great stuff. You're a teacher. I'm thinking, man, this guy's too straight laced for me. Like, and then I found your OnlyFans site. And I knew all of that went to shit. And now I, I know have who great you really feet, are. by the way. Great feet. <laughs> I, I've made more money off of my feet on OnlyFans than I ever have in the in education. That's that's a joke. Yeah, by but the it way. was it was a little intimidating <laughs> until you know. Now I don't want to say my my guard came down a little bit after I got to know you. A yeah, bit yeah. Because you don't really you're not as Lily White as I thought you were. Well, not I, as an insult. Yeah, I don't even know what Lily White means. Is that just like a color? Or is that just like a like hey, very pure, pure? Very yeah. yeah. I on honestly, I think for the most part, I am. But I think people that know me know I have like kind of a dark sense of humor. I yeah, kind of have right. like, you know, you, you I'm, not, I'm not like straight laced to the point where, you know, like, oh, it has to be this way. Everything has to be perfect. When I'm around, you know, kids or my athletes or whatever, I wanted them to know you can you can trust me. You can joke around with me. You can do this. You can do that. But at the end of the day, you want people to respect you. And like where I was saying, I'm kind of like a, a fish in a smaller pond with the education and the coaching. A lot of people know you in that particular community. And I would say for the most part, um, I got along with just about everybody. I had like maybe two incidents with parents in 13 years of, of teaching. And I had, um, I want to say like three incidents with coaching where I had like a few you know, and generally it was playing time. It wasn't like, like, I don't like the way you're talking or this or that. Cause it's no like Bobby Knight throwing no, chairs or God, anything no. like I did. Like I told you, I, I was ejected one time when I was a JV head coach and um, my athletic director at the time, her name is Denise Gorski and she is the best, uh, one of the best human beings out there um, called me and just was like, you know, just maybe make sure you're, you know, you know, and she was like, talking me down and by the way my daughter who turns she turns five in like next week on the 22nd um she was born the day before um and that was my first time out of the hospital was going to coach the, a game and i got ejected and i think my emotions were just running yeah. high but i never swear at an official i never did any of that but i was always respectful but i will say um from my coaching 
Um, there was two or three people that probably don't like me for whatever reason. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, I did best. I did the best job I could. And I was true to myself. Like I didn't necessarily get to do things the way I wanted to do because of uh, outside factors and, and things like that. But uh, some people try to manipulate a situation behind the scenes and that will always bother me and I will be respectful and not use any names. But those two or three people um, will always piss me off. <laughs> 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 but I will always be respectful and not um, not call them out, not do this or that. I just don't want to associate with them. And and I move on and I'm better for it. And hey, to each their own. So. All right. So if you're listening, we're, we're doing a, uh, a, a power lunch here over how to make friends and influence people. Now, let me tell you how to Bring do bourbon. everything wrong. Like yeah. Justin just told you how to do it the right Please. way. So I used to, okay. So my haters used to really hit me when I was on the radio. Okay. Right? They, yep. they try to get at me and they would text me and mm -hmm. whatever, send the show. So now, I, can I ask, was this when uh, you're talking politics? No, this was technology, okay. Okay. Talk, okay. technology and okay. business. And, and so I made a segment in every show mm -hmm. there where I would read all the critical things mm -hmm. and I would take jabs and mock and really, you know, give it to them because they could then I wouldn't let them get to me. Yeah. And like, I was saying all the worst things they could say at me yeah. and I was making it a playful thing. So that had to murder them inside, 100%. but they wanted me to read that, like stew and get angry. Yeah. And I would jovially is that a word jovially sure i would jovially talk about it and make it a prime part of the program yeah that pissed and, them off and they did not like that no they but, followed me for years and years now but what our what our buddies luke and isaac would say is that's good entertainment because whether they like you or hate you they're watching that's exactly right we're listening still five years later <laughs> they hate my guts yeah and they're commenting on every freaking thing that and that's probably why i don't have quite the numbers of viewers that that they do because <laughs> i don't like really ruffle a whole lot of feathers i just like i like to be an uh an, an outlet for information i like to be an outlet for entertainment uh and stuff like that but um i usually don't like uh you know, punch people in the back of their heads. Well, or... see, your personality type needs a bad cop. Like, yeah. You need yeah. a couple and yeah. your wife is equally as nice and as pure as you are. Except so you to me, except to me, but everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. So, but you need people in your life that, and I would feel like I'm a safe bad cop with you because yeah. I'm not a murderer. I don't, you know, trafficking children. I don't do any of those, those good frown, things. frowned upon yeah. things. Right. So yeah. I'm just a good enough bad cop or a yeah. bad enough good cop yeah. that we compliment that one another. Perfect. See, look at this love that's yeah, going on. I know here. it's a lot of good shit going on right now. <laughs> it, it's fun to have one of these because, uh, well, Edgar, Edgar is totally, uh, Edgar, I'm going to piss Edgar's one of my best friends, but, but he said cheese dick. And I would say that's a U word. <laughs> yes. So Edgar, stop playing with his <laughs> vocabulary here. I, but I will say I did steal that word from another friend of mine, Dave Spires, who only uses it to when it pertains to a cheese dick. Uh, there's only a few cheese dicks out there, and you don't want to use that word too loosely. Edgar is a great human being. Um, works for our, our government as a uh, 
a, a representative. He's a Notre Dame fan, which I give him a little shit for here and there. Um, but what I will say is who's named their kid Edgar in the last 65 oh, years? No, Be- Beatrice did. <laughs> <laughs> Just Notre kidding. Dame government. Is he a Nazi by chance? Too? Oh, no, no, no. He's yeah. No, last we name. need a trifecta. What? What? Oh, Edgar. 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 Yeah. Notre Dame government worker. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, Edgar. The I gotta my role. The triad. Here. The triad. Right there. Yep. So yeah. So Edgar, we love you. Except for uh, we we call we used to call him Easy E. You know, back in the day, we used to call him Sleazy E. We used to, we've got a bunch of nicknames for him. Special Ed, which probably get canceled for saying mm-hmm. now, but you know, it is what it is. We had some good times. So. Edgar's a good dude. So um you guys are really edgy. Like you guys are right there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we there's there's some like group texts and things that we always said like if somebody read these, we would totally be canceled or fired or you gotta <laughs> have that group that you, you know, can you share do. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you always need you always need someone that's like the butt of every joke because you know what? If you're not in that group, you are the butt of the exactly. joke. Exactly. <laughs> that is such good. So, logic yes so uh good edgar edgar's laughing out there so well, good. Uh, we're See, having some fun we're, we're bourbon and entertainment brought to you by 330 sports show there we go there we go and we got plenty of sazerac rye down here we need we need to get um your friend from cut and toast we need to get that sazerac rye rep bring her down here yes. and and hey i they should be the official drink sponsor. Penguin City, Sazerac Rye. Well, let's let's get a picture. I'll tag it up, and then we'll see. You want to do it live on the show? We can yeah. even say, hey, so Sazerac Rye, we we love you. I'm we, we, it still, so don't. So, okay. So we, we, we got Sazerac here. Let's give me a little arm length. Perfect. All right. So, so now we're going to tag them in it. And, let, and let's see. Let, let's see what happens. Now, Joe. Yes, sir. Next so this is our only show this week next week um i'm probably going to take tuesday and thursday off because we're doing the penguin city live show on wednesday it's going to be what you me fast freddy or we have any any other people um, coming banks. on do you know who chip banks i do is? not know chip banks. you're gonna get to meet chip banks He's chip gonna- banks sounds like a linebacker chip banks um i'll tell you after the show what he does but he's a radio host um, okay and I'll, I'll I'll tell you about him afterwards. Okay. But he's got a All cool right. following. We we have we have um, put feelers out there for one special guest. We don't know if he's a very hard person to get a hold of. Not him individually, but his people. And we're trying to get him down. I know for a fact he's been at Penguin City before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for a fact. Uh, He's got ties to this area. You have spoken to him. I have spoken to him, but his reps won't necessarily uh, get back. To you know us. what I really think? I think he struggles with technology. I really do. No, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And there's only one person I know that has his cell number. That that's the answer to our prayers. If we could just text Is that him, my the, sister. <laughs> I'm not naming any names here. Um, but if she would just like. He already said that he wants to talk to you and I, mm-hmm. but he can't figure out the whole messenger thing. We're probably, you know how like you go to messenger yeah. and it's like message requests from mm-hmm. unknown people. Oh, I get a hundred of those on yeah. the 330 We are that to him. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in there and he doesn't know how to get there. That's true. That's true. Because every time that I have messaged this particular person, it takes him three or four days to respond. And I'm sure he's got a lot going on, you know, but uh is what it is yeah maybe he just doesn't like us i don't know i don't know why i don't know 
I will say I went to the same high school as him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, dr- I would drink his coffee tomorrow yeah. if he'd freaking call me. I, I'm, I'm a fan of a former football team he's played for. Mm. So just saying, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. So, I do, you know what? I do like his dad a lot. Like his dad's one of my favorite. Yeah, I, I've heard his dad's a really nice guy. I've never met his dad. His sister, uh, we're talking about Bernie Kosar, by the way, if you haven't figured <laughs> it out. Um, his sister, uh, his sister uh, used to own a like a vacuum store. She had a son with special needs, and like he was really into vacuums and and sweepers. And they used to have an office right next to Making Kids Count, um, whereas now that like Speedway on West Boulevard, um, in in the old office there, she used to um, have a little sweeper store there. So I've met his sister a couple times before. My, uh, my wife was hanging so. out, hung out with his sister this last weekend, and okay. she didn't mention it. She's not going to pull that lever it's very, for us. It's very disappointing. I, I don't very understand it. We're trying to promote, give free business here. I will drink the coffee every day live on set. Yeah, same here. So I mean, come on, Bernie. We're t- we're, we're calling we're calling you out. We love you, but Bernie. Help us out a little bit too. Help so. us help you. <laughs> help us help you. You scratch your back, <laughs> or I scratch mine, or how's We're that just work? scratching backs. That's all we do here. <laughs> we do a we're lot back of back scratching. Yes, and we're not weird about it though. So uh, he's all right. weird about it. Anyway, anyways. Um, okay, so are we my, talking sports at all? By the so way, let's, Is this- so let me let me tell you. So we have we have four playoff games in the NFL this weekend. Um, we have. Let me. Uh, well, first of all. First game is the Ravens and the Texans. Um, Texans who knocked off the Browns. CJ Stroud looks amazing. Um, And, you know, it is what it is. So in that game, um, in that game, Ravens are hosting the Texans. Uh, Ravens, I believe, are a nine-point favorite in that game. Uh, I think that's too many points. For sure. I, I like the the cow heads to uh, cover the spread, <laughs> but um, those so. of you who have not, you have to search for Landry's team naming video, the cutest video that you ever see. So the cow heads will be a forever reference. So I, I will tell you, like, um, um, my uh, my dad sent me Landry's picks this weekend. So he they she's at their house today. Um, so she put she took the B birds. Okay, good. Over, over the Cowheads, the Buffaloes, over the Chiefs, which is surprising because she loves Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Uh, she took the G's over the 49ers. I don't I don't know about that. Hmm. And uh, that's the Packers, by the way, over the 49ers. And she took the Pirates, <laughs> which are the Buccaneers, over the Lions. So she went with Baltimore, Buffalo, Green Bay, and Tampa. So she likes the Bay teams, I guess. But um, what, what do you think about Mr. Baker? I think he had a really nice game. I think Philadelphia freaking mailed I it. I do in. not know what happened. And there. can I tell you? So I just got my statement from FanDuel. Um, I I had the the two accounts. I, I used two separate betting accounts one time. Sometimes you get better lines on on certain ones. So I used FanDuel and I used MGM. So MGM, I I was really I did well last year. Um, on my account, I was I was in the green or the black or whatever you want to say. Uh, there, my FanDuel account, I got my statement, and I'm not going to say how much I bet, but we'll just say it was in somewhere between. You know what? I'm just going to say it, it was four. It was fourteen thousand five hundred dollars is what I gambled, what I what I put out there in bets. Guess how much money I made 
or excuse me, I won back on FanDuel. So I put out there $14,500 in bets. How much did I get return? $1,400. $14,400. So I was down $100. Oh. So, so it, you know, like I put out $14,500 in bets. I was, I returned $14,400. So I was down $100 in bets. Okay. Not too bad. No. That if was the right. Philadelphia Eagles would have not screwed me over the last th- three of the four weeks, I would have been up like, a lot but Hmm. philadelphia pure ass they suck (laughs) so they lost six out of the last seven or five out of the last six jason kelsey's like i've had a freaking enough i'm retiring um the body language sucked so philadelphia good riddance the best thing about them if you follow uh her name's aaron katie dolan on on twitter x whatever she uh works for espn she is one of the best looking women out there, but she also follows sports and knows her shit and she gives gambling advice and it's usually very good. She is an Eagles fan. She's the only good thing about that fan base mm. <laughs> or the only good thing about that, that team. So is she the real short one? Is I don't she think she's look- short. Okay. I don't, I mean, she's probably average five, eight okay. ish, five, seven, five, six. I don't know. So, but do you think she's the best looking sideline reporter that there is? She's not even a sideline reporter. She's in studio. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, look, look her up. It's, it's worth a look. So Erin, okay. Kate Dolan. So, um, when your special guest comes in, I'll go back there and put up all the cute like, sideline <laughs> reporters back there. Joe, you, Joe, <laughs> just leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> um, but she will give you good gambling advice. I will, I will tell you that. Um, but okay. So, Baltimore and um, Houston. Your thoughts on that game? I'm sorry. <laughs> but, Baltimore. Let's go back to Baltimore but, and Houston and the, you, and the Cowheads. And, the yeah, cow. and the Cowheads. So okay. the Beavers and the Cowheads. Yeah. What do you think? Um, it's Baltimore all the way. Um, I, I, you know, it depends. I, I think that that Stroud had a really solid, uh, solid game against the Browns, but I don't know that how that stacks up against the Beavers. Yeah. I think Houston is going to start quick in that game. I think Baltimore will start a little bit sluggish being really not playing for the last two weeks. They're their main guys. Um, I like Houston to cover the spread, but I like Baltimore to win the game. So I'm going to go with the B birds over the cow heads, but I take the cow heads to cover. So, okay. In that game. And I I think honestly, those defensive backs are really going to hurt Houston in that game. Yeah. Their, their secondary is really not that good. Um, They got a lot of pressure on the Browns though. And, uh, they forced them into some tough situations. Yep. So, uh, and CJ Stroud looks like a dude. And these teams played week one, and I think it was like 25 to nine. Uh, Baltimore knocked them off, but CJ Stroud's had a full NFL slate yep. to, to, uh, get he looks solid, so, like you said. Um, all right. Next one we have, uh, I believe it's that's Saturday night is Green Bay at San Francisco. So, and I, that's another one. I think San Francisco is like a nine and a half point favorite in that. What say you on that one? San Francisco for sure. Yeah. I like San Francisco. To even year, so cover I, the I, I got things to do. All right. All right. So here, let's go to, let's go two more games though, since we got it. Um, Buffalo and uh, Kansas city. Joe, just give me your pick on that. Buffalo and Kansas city. That's about a three. Point yeah. Spread. Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo's on fire. Buffalo. I'm going to go with Buffalo on that too. And then um, you got the Buccaneers and the Lions. I want the Lions, but I got to go with Baker Mayfield. I think one more. All right. And I'm going to go with the Lions all the way in that one. So 
So we'll have the Lions, 49ers, and uh, and we'll see Baltimore and Buffalo is my thoughts. We have our guest in studio. We will bring him on just, just here shortly. Uh, getting off of work, we'll, we'll have him tell you all his background. I was telling Joe uh, before, Ryan sent me his, his bio, and I felt like I had to like bookmark it because, my God, this guy... This guy's resume is unbelievable. So let's bring in our guest, Mr. Ryan Martino. Ryan, how you doing? Welcome to the great show. To see you again. Yeah, yeah. Well, great to see you. And uh, last time I think I saw you in person was down in Columbus uh, at one of the Ohio State YSU tailgates uh, beforehand. So that was a pretty overwhelming experience. We've never <laughs> been to a game day experience at Ohio State. Okay. A former uh, football player for Youngstown mm-hmm. State. Kind of a little different experience. So we were going tailgate to tailgate a lot and running into people we knew from all over from racing. Yeah. Um, you know, our days of YSU and just, you know, trying to get the full game day experience. And then once we got through that experience, then we went through that tunnel where I guess they do the band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we came out of there and we're like, a whole new world. It's 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 an unbelievable downtown. experience down there. And it's cool to to see YSU and Ohio State. Obviously, you played for Coach Trussell. So like the whole pageantry down there of 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 him and and you know Youngstown. And most Penguin fans are Ohio State fans too. So you have the overlap and it's not a, too many college football games you go to and people are wearing both teams on exactly, the exactly. So um so I'll tell you what, let's let's get into your background a little bit here. And you're a Youngstown guy, Cardinal Mooney grad, went to Youngstown State. Uh, and, and so tell us a little bit, we're going to get into all the racing stuff here in a minute too, but tell us a little bit just about like growing up in Youngstown and then how you ended up going from Mooney to, to YSU. Okay, so when I came out of grade school, Went to St. Luke's grade school. Was mm-hmm. one of the premier student athletes in the town, and there was only one choice to go to if I wanted to make it to the next level. And that was Cardinal Mooney. And the Young City schools were all collapsed. And then I think the only one left was Wilson. Mm-hmm. And my parents decided it was a great opportunity for me to get a look for college, and not only that, but a quality education. Yeah. So I went to Cardinal Mooney. Had a pretty good career, and came out. I was getting heavily recruited by a lot of Division One colleges, and uh, I guess Coach Butchie didn't see me as one of his top dogs so he wasn't pushing too hard okay so then we quickly learned the recruiting process and that was before they did all this online so we were just sending oh, yeah. VHS tapes out for recruiting and trying to recruit me as an athlete as we did with our race team and we were able to salvage i think we had it down to akron purdue youngstown state okay so a quick story about that as we go to akron i think it's the second to last home game of the year for akron it might have been our last home game there's probably like two or 300 people in the stands. They're getting their heads handed to them. We're like, forget this. We're leaving at halftime. We're going to Youngstown State. Can yeah. we show up there for the fourth quarter, play in Illinois State, and that place is rocking. They got mm-hmm. 20,000 there. People are on their feet. Though. And I'm like, all right, that's strike one against Akron. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Trestle brought me in for my initial meeting, you know, to determine whether or not I'm going to commit to YSU. Yeah. Go to Youngstown State. And then mm-hmm. that's been my home. I mean, I went to. All my grade school events were at Youngstown State. All the high school games were played at Youngstown State. Yeah. And it was like a home to me. So, you know, with the race car, it was kind of one of those decisions where are we going to, you know, put the racing aside for me to go to Purdue? Yeah. 
And then all the weekends are going to be spent tailgating at Purdue and going to watch the games and traveling across country. Are we going to race and still be able to you know, do an education? So Coach Tress is pretty convincing now, if you know that or not. Yeah, yeah. So I met with him and Coach Knatzer and pretty much made my mind up. That's best. a name I haven't heard in a while. Oh, yeah. Kenny. He's oh, yeah. He was one of the main drivers in getting me to go to Youngstown State. Okay. You know, there's been day, you know, night till call. I mean, I went to a lot of spring uh, spring ball practices to, to get, you know, see what's going on with the program. Yeah. So I did one initial walk. So I, this is for me, this is, you know, this is all me. Mm-hmm. So I, it was snow eaters, probably five or six inches of snow in the stadium. So I went through the locker room, went up the ramp, came out the door that I've been through, you know, hundreds of times, went on the field, walked across the field, and then went out the other side and decided I'm just going to go to Youngstown State. So, okay. You know, coming out of high school was difficult because I played for, you know, we went to state semis, which is last year. Mm-hmm. That was my senior year. And my average was like 39 yards. And people are looking at my average like, man, that's pretty low. I'm like, yeah, when your team <laughs> is that good, you don't put on the other side yeah, of 50. Exactly. So it's difficult to explain it. Mm-hmm. I could average 48, 50 yards if I wanted mm-hmm. to because a lot of colleges would come see me during the games for pregame to see how good I actually You're was. pinning them inside the red zone as your goal. You like, know? So our first game, my senior year, I go to all these camps. I'm top punter at Notre Dame's football camp. Go to Iowa State, top punter in the country there. You know, 80, 120 punters on number one. And first game, I'm like, I'm going to get my average up. There. So I start <laughs> kicking. Don't even go to try to go inside the five. I'm going to touchbacks to get the extra yards for the average. And Coach Butchie goes, that ain't going to work around <laughs> here. I know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We need you to win these games. Yeah. So then I became a precision booch punter, which I, I work with a guy named Craig Jarrett from Michigan State, who was okay. their punter at the time. He showed me his new technique they were coming out with the college for Big Ten. Yeah. And I was really able to perfect that. So okay. I think – Man, I probably punted 40 times and put 35 of them inside the 10. So that was my real, I guess, specialty it's, was pooch punt. It's was, an art. It's an art. And those are those like elite punters are weapons. So that's know? what I would do is mm-hmm. pin them down. And then then the colleges would see my tape and be like, man, this kid's got something special. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we could have probably recruited a little bit harder if we'd have known the process and made some networking opportunities. But I don't regret going to Youngstown State for one second. It was a premium education. Yeah fantastic experience and i got to be in front of my family and friends in our hometown see well i've always been pro youngstown my family mm-hmm. from day one yeah. as a kid especially the racing so i was always community first so i thought i owed it to the community to contribute my talents to the community and yeah you know it's something we still go by these days that's a awesome lot of stuff and staying active in a community that's awesome so uh before we get into the racing too since since you played for coach trestle and him being an absolute legend, I saw yesterday was the day um, he signed, you know, to go down to Ohio State, what, 23 years ago yesterday. Um, I was a part of that experience, actually. Were so you? Okay. He came to us early. Mm-hmm. It had been right after my true freshman, my first freshman year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a team meeting, which was, you know, uncharacteristic at that time because we would just go right into lifting and winter conditioning. And sure. he says, uh, Everybody meet, you know, at four o'clock in the lock. So we meet in the locker room. We go in the coach's room and he goes, my dad's opportunity, you know, my dad's dream was obviously to coach Ohio State his whole entire life. He never got to do that. I have a potential opportunity to coach Ohio State. And I got to live out my father's dream and legacy. So he broke the news to us early. Okay. And he walked out of the coach's room. He says, I'll be back in a half hour. You guys talk amongst each other. You figure out what you want to do. If you want me to. Hire somebody internally, seek somebody internally. If you want to get somebody from the outside, there's a lot of good prospective head coaches. Yeah. 
And Coach Haycock at the time was an outstanding, he's still an outstanding defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. It just make uh, it made sense for us to keep somebody who was in the system. He knew the program, the traditions, how to win. Yeah. And it was kind of disappointing because he took his talents away from being a defensive coordinator, one of the tops in the country, yeah. to head coach and never really have much involvement in the defense. Sure. Which was you know, there's games where the defense struggled, and he could have obviously stepped in there and been like, hey, we need to get, you know. Tressa wasn't an enforcer. He was kind of one of them guys where he looked at him. He never got mad or upset, never showed any emotion. Yeah. But he had his guys, mm -hmm. you know, that would enforce. And and Haycock was one of those guys. You know, he'd go in the locker room at halftime and be like, oh, well, you better <laughs> buckle up because this ain't going to be pretty. And, oh, yeah. And then we'd come out and be a different team in the second half. But I think mm -hmm. uh, Coach Haycock was a decent head coach for Youngstown State, continued a tradition on. And I think he's doing pretty well still right now. I think he's at Iowa State yeah, right now. really well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. He's had a great career. Obviously, Coach Trussell, President Trussell, has, has had a great career. Now, let's let's get back to your career. Now, you uh, you just got off of your 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 full time job. What what tell people what you do uh, for a lip? Well, for your uh, nine to five type job. First of all, you mean just for the benefits and retirement? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just to support the racing team. <laughs> uh, so I work in the Mahoney County Court of Common Pleas for a judge, and I'm a bailiff. So yep. I've been doing that since 07. You know, the toughest part about leaving college as an athlete is you have no job experience. So you look mm -hmm. at a resume, you're part of a football team. Uh, you're part of, a, you know, I was a student of the Golden Key Honor Society. I was active involved in the campus as much as I could. You come out and your resume got zero job experience. And it's tough. I came out of college in 04, and it's it a tough time to get a job. So I saw sure. listing in the vindicator for position in court, and I contacted a few of our lawyer friends, and they said, you know, it's a good opportunity. You should go mm -hmm. down there and interview. Just hit it off and just felt like I was okay with the position and been there ever since. So it's been a, you know, never no two days are the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you become numb to the world, though, is the downfall of the job. You see a lot of bad in the world and a lot of, transition for people you know getting rehabilitated which is mm -hmm. obviously good and there's, there's good things to happen down there. there's weddings and naturalizations yeah. that happen but for the most part you become numb to the the real world i bet you know people tell you stories about the most gruesome and horrifying situations and you're like okay yeah yeah you know, here's no it's problem. a wake-up call it's a wake-up call <laughs> yeah but like you said you probably become numb to it if you hear so many stories of that but yeah. uh so as a former athlete, though, I would think that would help you as a bailiff if you ever had to step in uh, to a situation. Yeah, so I just go in the courtroom like this, and they're like, eh, don't mess with that. Don't even mess with this. You yeah, show them your... your uh, they don't your... even know about the foot. <laughs> exactly. So I think as long as I've been there, we only had one defendant get out of control in the courtroom. You know, the County kind of Sheriff's Department does an outstanding job and provides security for us. Yeah. We were able to secure that... Uh, that defendant pretty quick and in a safe manner. So nobody okay. got hurt and we got more security up there and got him controlled and, and got, was able to get on with the hearing. And we'll, um, on a few, we'll have you back on a future podcast and we can just do, uh, we can just <laughs> do court stories on that one with no names, yep. but, uh, but let, let's talk about, let's, let's get into the, the, the racing stuff. And I was telling Joe, Joe, um, Joe Danier, uh, the owner of the studio down here got, into sports basically with the Blaney family oh, yeah. uh, in racing. So uh, I know him and you would have probably a much more educated conversation than I'm going to have with you because you know your stuff. I'm like the novice coming in. So, but I just want to know, obviously you and your dad 
are a team here. So when did you get involved and how did you become involved in racing? I'm guessing because of your dad, but yeah, it was never forced on me. So, you know, my dad raced uh, locally when he was, you know, my dad got into cars, everybody come back from Vietnam mm -hmm. and all the guys in the neighborhood were at Nam and then bought cars when they got out of Nam. So they all bought sports cars and, sure. they were, you know, getting into cars. So this whole neighborhood was car neighborhood. And, you know, you had the Chevy guys and you had some other people that were involved with Mopar. And there was like, you know, territory. Was he a Youngstown guy growing up? Too? Up Struthers. Okay. So okay. he grew up in Struthers. And, you know, th then they raced at what should be Meander, Ohio Drag City. Which, yeah. You know, it's, it's that'd be the closest track to us. Sunset, which was over in PA. And then you would have Quaker City in Salem. Mm -hmm. There's some other tracks that were a little bit close, like Dragway 42 is in West Salem. And you have Norwalk, which should be a road big road trip for somebody at that time yeah so my dad you know his parents were like don't be racing your cars don't be hanging around these guys so he would <laughs> i don't know if the right word would be sneak yeah so he sneaks to the track with these guys which yeah. is a ride and they're like well, why don't you start racing so he mm -hmm. starts racing starts winning off the bat so he doesn't want word to spread so he he wins and gets his trophies so he's peeling the plaques off at the you know the winning plaques <laughs> off of the trophies and then he's in the boy scouts and then he made it all the way to honor scout and he's giving the trophies of the Boy Scouts for the Pinewood Derby. So he's kind of like recycling. So yeah. he doesn't want words to spread. So then they start publishing <laughs> in the Vindicator the winners of each of these races. Oh, but boy. They wouldn't, okay. they wouldn't publish the runner-up. So then he would intentionally take a dive in the finals and runner-up. And these dudes are Just like, to not have his name in the paper. Like, right. Because he didn't want to find out. Oh, so man. then all of a sudden, everybody's like, see my, my grandparents. And they'd be like, your kid's a phenomenal race. What do you mean race car drivers? So then they finally had the talk. <laughs> yeah. And they were just uh, happy that he was doing it at a drag strip rather on a street. There's a lot of street racing going on at that time. Okay. He was, he was smart about it, went on the strip, did very well. And then after a couple of years of doing that, he went <clears throat> on the regional and national circuit. And okay. Did very well. And then his nickname's World Famous. Okay. And, you know, I was a kid, I was like, yeah, whatever. They just. So at this time, we you know have internet. You know, only thing, mm -hmm. only, your only lifeline to the media is if they reach out to you by telephone. There's no directory like, hey, if you want to be yeah. in Superstock Magazine or Hot Rod Magazine, contact them or email. So they're contacting him. And we go to races and people are bringing magazines that are worldwide publications to be like, look, your car's in there. Look, your car's in there. Okay. Your so that's how he gets the name World Famous. They start announcing them World Famous, you know. So that kind of was his nickname. And uh, as a kid, you don't really appreciate this until it's over. Right. Back. And, you know, he'd win all the time, be in a magazine. So it's cool experience. But, you know, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm mm -hmm. playing with some of the other families, you know, the kids that are around the track. And I'm like, what is dad doing? I have no idea. Right. You know, he's in a winter circle with the car, you know, we're getting a picture. It was just a different time. You never really appreciated those memories. If I can go back, I'd really, you know, cherish those moments forever because that's what built his career and the success to the day. And, you know, his brothers went racing with them. So it was the mm -hmm. brothers of three that went racing. My grandfather would go to some of the races. My mom would go to some of the races. But we now travel just – it's my dad and me going to yeah. all these races. So it's – you know, we won a world championship, and I want to just go – you know, we were in Virginia. It was a Monday. It was a rain out. So we had, you know, it was you know, triple cool Youngstown, fourth fourth quarter, got to grind it out and mm -hmm. win us out. And everybody else just crumbled, and we came through. I think we ended the last race fifth in points and ended up coming out with the championship just because of the – Youngstown mentality, never yeah. give up and, mm -hmm. and stay, you know, stay tough. So we go win this championship and I turn around because, <laughs> you know, like Trestle's like, act like you've been here before. So yep. I turn around, just to high five one person. 
and there ain't nobody there to celebrate with. <laughs> so I look around, I'm like, okay, this is odd. So, but there's a lot of families that were still at the track on Monday because they had to go to work and go yeah, to school. Right. So they weren't at the race because it's October. Mm-hmm. So I come down this, it's called a return road where you go to pick the driver up. And then all the other racers were coming to the fence and high-fiving us. It was kind of like a cool deal. But, you know, like you see these champagne locker room, you know, they're in there with oh, yeah. ski goggles on. You know what we did? <laughs> My dad didn't even know he won a championship because I wouldn't tell him because okay. I didn't want to add the extra pressure. So, you know, I'm like, you know, we're getting ready to go back to trick because we have one more round of competition mm-hmm. to win the race. So we were able to secure a championship and still have an opportunity to win a race. And I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, we just won a championship. And it just was kind of like one of those moments where you're like, really <laughs> so we go you know the race is over and you want to celebrate because you just want a champion I'm yeah the biggest honor yeah win and drag race exactly a championship and all we did was dump the water out of the radiator of the car so it didn't freeze on the way home put the car in a trailer and go home hey. never truly celebrated a championship a humble champion yeah so a humble it was, champion it was kind of weird and then you know you're riding high off the championship coming home and everybody's blowing your phone up and social media up and that got you know it was a 10-hour drive home when so was this 2018 right 2018 so okay october 2018 and you know you're riding high off of that and you come to work on tuesday and they're like well where were you it's like one of those <laughs> things where like anytime right. what happened you're like oh my god yeah that's a big deal because i'm sure that sport has a ton of like niche followers that are people diehards oh yeah but then there's a lot of people that are like that's awesome you auto race but it's like or, you know you drag race whatever uh but it's like they they might be confused is it is it nascar is right, it you, you know is it indie yeah race. exactly so they might not be familiar with the the science or or the actual nuts and bolts of the sport so uh that that's kind of cool but it's like you guys are bringing more forefront you know you're bringing this more to the forefront where a lot of people uh can learn about it and and realize what you guys do so um my next question for that is so drag racing like for the person out there tell them like they're a five-year-old like i don't want to talk down to people but tell me like i'm a five-year-old what drag racing actually is like i you know i know it's a very short you know you you want to get off the line and 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 finish as fast as possible but explain to people out there what that actually is all right stem wise it's point a to point b in a straight in the quickest way to get there which is a straight line right so we race eighth mile and quarter mile and it's basically two cars okay that are, you know past specifications to get to that level race against each other and we race uh uni- uniqueness about drag racing is we race 18 years old all the way up to 80 or 90 years you know wow there's probably like a couple of guys that still race during their eighties and upper seventies. Okay. But you got that wide range. You got mm-hmm. male and female, you got every background you could think of. It's like the most diverse sport that you can think of. Okay. So you got that perspective and then and do they all compete against each other? Compete okay. Each other. So okay. we're competing against people from all over the world. Essentially yeah. we got you know, people to fly over from Dubai. They have wow. race teams that race with us. They have people from Mexico to come up and race with us. People from Canada to come down and race with us. And it's it's a big family. I mean, yeah. as much as you want to bury the competition, when we're not racing, we're all hugs and kisses mm-hmm. and handshaking, and everybody's over the trailer. Hey, we got the Youngstown food, so they're always over our trailer. <laughs> hey, we bring pizza, we bring right. sauces. We got the Russos on the grill, and it's like that, that commercial with the Fruit Loose of Toucan Sam. He's like. 
<laughs> and these people are flocking. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they know sausage. it. They, they mm-hmm. know what good food when they see it. So they always, you know, rely on us to bring some Youngstown goodies, some okay. one-hot cookies. Usually bring us cookie cakes for one-hot cookie. Oh, and yeah. These people eat, and we go to eat our food, and we're like, it's all gone. But, you know, it's good to brag about Youngstown. Yeah, no doubt. So we got two cars, and you could have the fastest car, but without the reaction time, sure, you could yeah. lose. So you have to be sharp with reaction time mm-hmm. and get to the finish line first. So that's the biggest thing about drag racing. It's showing the performance of your car, mm-hmm. but also your physical talents. Okay. And, and it's really easy to drive a car. You know, pulls three and a half G's to the launch, cover 60 foot in a second, and it hits the finish line stripe in the eighth mile, almost 200 mile an hour, 230 miles in the finish line. So it goes straight, right? You just let go of the yeah, right. button and mash the gas, and it goes. It yeah, dumped. not so much. So yeah. We, we'll put GoPros all over the car, and people are like, the car moves around that much. And the other thing is people watch races and see you all over the track. Mm-hmm. It don't feel that bad in the car, but it's all over the track. And it's just fighting you. It's constant torque steering you, mm-hmm. track conditions and performance conditions that put you all over the track. And especially when you're, you know, again, no one to board. It's like dancing. It's like I tell people you're dancing with somebody. You got to guide them and you know when too much is too much. Yeah. So it's like being in this, you know, ballet type deal and going like you got no one to board. Mm-hmm. When you're in eliminations, that kind of just goes to the wayside. You're like, I got to win. So <laughs> right. people are putting it on the line to get the win. Sure. And every round counts when you're running for a championship. You know, there's people who go to the racetrack just to be at the racetrack. Yeah. You have a race car, that's their vacation. Mm-hmm. There's people who go there just hoping to qualify. There's people who go there to, to hope to win one, one round. We're not leaving Youngstown unless we know we're winning the race. And we're not going to go and race one race and win it. We're going to go for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the mindset that we're under. It's, you know. The days with Jim Trestle, just you got not to be a champion on mm-hmm. and off the field. You got to be a champion in your community. You got to be champion in the classroom. You got to be champion in your work field. And we got to be champions, you know, for the people that we represent as far mm-hmm. as sponsors and champions on a racetrack. We, it's it's a lot of burden, but, you know, it's something we're good at and able to multi-manage and, and be good. So we do a lot of STEM activities with kids. So we'll try to yeah. like, relate with Hot Wheels cars on how we race. And easiest way to say is where the cars are going a straight line and a quick distance at fast speeds of parachutes. And kids know the parachutes if they've seen it on oh, TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of like the way we would explain it to a kid is just, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, we bring schools. We do a lot of STEM activities. So we went to Canfield Elementary School a couple of years ago and did board races. Yeah. And it's kind of like the same thing. You got to be sharp with your skill, be ready for what's handed to you. And then, you know, it's, it's not a team effort, even though it's a team effort with racing. I mean, it's just a driver and whoever's working in the car yeah. and that's it. It doesn't rely on anybody else. You know, it's not like a team sport where if somebody drops the ball, you can pick it up and exactly. we can get another possession. It's either over. Or it's it's you in the vehicle. <laughs> right. That's it. Yep. So, you know, we tell these kids, you know, we got to win, but you know, when you win or lose, shake your opponent's hand. It's, exactly. It's big for that. I mean, it's, it's a huge deal for us. There's been times where people get mad because we beat them. I go over to shake their hands or we lose and I go over to shake somebody's hand and they get offended. They're like, and I'm like, yo, just, yeah. just chill Sportsmanship. out. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, it happens mm-hmm. and just save travels no matter what. And we'll, we'll get together and do this again. Now you're talking, um, you compete against, you said Dubai and people oh, yeah. in Mexico all over the world. Where do you guys actually compete? Like give, give me some locations and places you guys actually uh, go and race. So they, you could drag race from east coast to west coast in because of our budget mm-hmm. we're able to compete for a championship within a 14-hour window okay so we could race florida california vegas you know 
Colorado, but we don't. We try to stay east of the Mississippi. St. Yeah. Louis is about as far west as we get. Okay. So you got St. Louis, Chicago, Indiana, Indianapolis. Then you got Norwalk, which is our home track, yeah. two hours away. And then you get down to the East Coast where you raise Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Bristol. Okay. So it's kind of like a like a we kind of do a sweep. Mm-hmm. So it's like a sweep. And we've been to these tracks for years. So we got, you know, dad on some of these tracks. The best track to race at, and it's not because it's our home track, it's because of the experience, is the Norwalk experience, which is Summit Motorsports Park two hours yeah. away. Uh, we've been friends with the Baders family since we raced there in the 70s, and they're just first-class operations. We don't hesitate to fly sponsors in for those races. We don't hesitate to tell fans, we better pack this place out. Yeah, They have the largest fan base, the strong support, and they actually stand behind their tickets. You know, When you go drag racing, if you buy a ticket to get in the race, you get total pit access. You can come up to us, hang out, do what you want to do with us. NASCAR, you need like, oh yeah, like you're going to the. the you got to be a celebrity or somebody, right. yeah. So, and it's unique about drag racing. So we bring these people to track, you know. And the Bader family has like a pound of ice cream for a dollar. Fireworks show that's ours, where it's a total family friendly experience. They have a playground for kids, and it's just laid out so you can yeah. enjoy racing and it's comfortable, it's relaxing. So that's our favorite track on the tour. Okay, and then. Because we race in Virginia so much, Virginia is like our second home now. So we race a Virginia Motorsports Park in Dinwiddie, which is right outside Virginia, a okay. little bit about an hour west of Virginia Beach. Okay, so that's like our second home track mm-hmm. now. We've had a lot of success over there. Obviously, won the championship there, won a handful of races, just won a big All Star race this past summer there. Okay, so that's like our next favorite track on there. But we try to find a good and you know there's a great fan base at every track we go to mm-hmm. and there's something unique about every track you know or our social media we, we're big historians so we do a lot of the money valley historical society I actually yeah. did a car display with them a couple of years ago which was fun to be involved with all the history of car culture in our community but you know we try to find some historical aspects we go to these tracks you know the history of these tracks history of these communities reach out to their uh convention and visitor bureaus mm-hmm. just let them know we're in town if you need anything from that aspect you know want pictures and videos so you could use it to promote your community we're all about that yeah so we're, you know it's all about you know the total experience these families travel to some of these communities you have no idea mm-hmm. what you're stepping into and you know like say like when we go racing down south there's a lot of history from the civil war like you're one exit up from history that they're learning in books. You might exactly. as well just take a stop and make this a, a trip for the family and friends. You know, it's it's kind That's of really cool. Thing. That's really cool. And it's and it's a way to give back because like you said, when 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 you're a little kid too, like everybody knows Hot Wheels, yeah. you know, and that, and that's like immediately when I think of drag racing, that's like the first thing I think of. I'm the like, orange track the, yeah, yeah. The little Hot Wheel car, the parachute on the back, the, oh, yeah. you know, the, the red yellow green, you know, to start you. Um, I, that's what I think of. And like I said, I'm, I'm not someone that's like super involved or know a ton about the sport, but looking, looking up your guys bio and, and like the, the, um, uh, the leagues you guys race in. Um, so there's two different, uh, two different race leagues, correct? Yeah, we have two sanctioning bodies and the PDRA is the fastest and baddest eighth mile racing on the planet. And that's kind of the new direction of drag racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the speeds we're competing, you know, 230, 240 miles, some of those teams go, you know, different class categories go up to 340 miles an hour and a thousand foot. Jeez. The tracks aren't getting any longer. Right. And the cars are getting extremely faster. So they've done what they can to govern how fast we go, but the tracks aren't any short. So you're going that <laughs> fast and you got a half mile to shut down. And you start doing the math. If you're 
kind of hesitate and throw yeah. the parachutes or start dragging the brakes, you're running out of track so, fast. So what what triggers the parachute to come out? Do you have to trigger it? Yeah, so or? Here's, here's a good one. So okay. say you're going 230 miles. An hour. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you the car doesn't go straight, right? Right, right. So you're going through a finish line to determine whether or not you had just won a race. So that's number one on your mind. Mm -hmm. You have to let go of this steering wheel, this car going that fast, crooked and sideways, and throw a lever forward to throw the parachutes. And then you have to shut the car down and go through a process, a shutdown process. And they, you know, when you get licensed, they want you to do a blindfolded. Oh so you got to do a blindfold <laughs> test. Like, so you have no idea, but you know, it's basically instincts. You're going yeah. there and you're doing this stuff. So you, you got to let go of a wheel going that fast. You're like, you know, there's been times you're on 680 going 50 mile an hour. And yeah. It's bumper to bumper. And you're like, I ain't let go of this wheel. No. All right. You got to do that. You know, it's 32, yeah. 40. You're, you're going nine, 10 times faster than that almost. And yeah. That, and like you said, the torque on, on oh, yeah. you, like, and, and you're a former athlete and you're a younger guy. And like, I can only imagine, like you said, there's people competing in their seventies and maybe even eighties. Oh, yeah. Uh, you gotta be in, you gotta be fairly physically fit to be able to handle that. Just the, probably the, the, the torque on the wheel and, and your body and you're going, how fast again? 250, uh, maybe? 230, Yeah. The car would probably go to, we, this is funny. Our car will go <laughs> faster than six, 10 and a quarter mile, but <laughs> the car is certified yeah. to six seconds flat. Okay. The motor we have allegedly will go faster than six, six seconds flat. Okay. If you go faster than six seconds flat, they kick you out of the race. So you have to slow your car down. Basically. Is it like, is it like a NASCAR thing where they restrict it? We have to restrict. Okay. So we have to pull okay. timing and, you know, okay. lift out of throttle. And there's certain strategies you have to shave off speed. Okay. So instead of going like 230, 240, 250 through the finish line, we're going about 190. That's shut, still pretty quick. <laughs> shut it down sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It depends on what our strategy is. There's times where you got to run it out and do different things. But so you got to imagine that. And it's just like, so the car goes really, really fast. Yeah. But you got to slow your car. And you're like, why would you slow your car down? Sure. So then it becomes like the price is right. So you got to hit 610 without going 609. You got to hit right on the money. You got to be the closest to it. So price is right is probably the next closest <laughs> comparison when you yeah. got to pick your number. We're like, except this time you want to be over, not under. Right. <laughs> so the dollar yeah. ain't going to work on this. Yeah, one. no. Yeah, yeah. You want to go 101 on that yeah. one. Okay. All right. Very cool. So, like, what kind of fuel is involved in this? Like, is it is it just traditional gasoline or what is it? So our car we had in 20, we raised nitrous for years. So okay. you're allowed one power adder in our classic competition. And we use nitrous for years. We're very successful with it. Very competitive. It just wasn't fast enough to be where we wanted to be. You know, it's strategy where you qualify strategy. When you go to races where you want to be and qualifying and you can't live on the edge of the, you know, are we going to get in our ring? I guess. So we switched sure. to over the, so that car, we ran 123 octane leaded fuel. Okay. And to give you an idea, it's about $34 a gallon. And nitrous is about, I think, $400 for a mother bottle. When you're <laughs> using a 25-ounce bottle, you got to fill it every time you run the car. So right. Just, you know, it's economics expensive. says, yeah. forget this. Yeah. So they have this new combination that came out a couple of years ago called Pro Charger. Okay. And it's a centrifugal supercharger. It looks like a turbocharger, but it, you know, it spins and blows air in the motor, and that's our power adder. Okay. This car runs on methanol. Okay. So we go to Lydon Oil Company, and they make methanol. Mm -hmm. We're like, eh, this is hometown. Anytime we yeah. have a chance to do a hometown connection and, and put them on the map, we're mm -hmm. doing it. And it's kind of funny because in the 
80s and early 90s, we were sponsored by a Ladin Oil Company, mm -hmm. we were friends of the family. And then because of their, you know, they didn't have what we needed at the time. And we had other sponsors yeah. that, that wanted to, you know, that, that branched into the fuel industry. So we had to go with that direction and, and part ways with Leiden. And then we came together with Leiden and they're like, man, let's get you back on our, you know, back on our board. We yeah. want to be involved. We know what you do for the community. We know what you do. So we got hooked up with Leiden. So we run their methanol. And there's obviously other manufacturers. Like when you go to get gas, you either go to Sheets, you go to Jainu, you go to right. wherever you got to go to get gas. And it's supposed to all be the same. Well, this this Leiden oil methanol is phenomenal. We started using it in, you know, it doesn't, there's no wear and tear in the motor. Everything's been clean every time we tear it apart. So their product is, is superior to you, anybody And you else feel the market. performance. Oh, yeah. With that? Absolutely. Okay. So that's kind of cool that, you know, we go right in our backyard and get, get yeah. the fuel source for this car. Okay. But man, is methanol burn your eyes. Okay. So it's got, it's got a lot of, it's file. Mm, so the first yeah. time we start this car was the winter time. And we want to start this car, make sure everything works on it. We do it in the garage. Mm. I'm in the car. My dad's outside the car. It starts, he's able to bail. <laughs> I'm in the car crying. Got my shirt up over my eyes. I, I was going to say, what do you it. wear? Have to wear a gas mask or something almost. I uh... guess in that situation. <laughs> I'm not the smartest thing, but we learned our lesson with that, that you have to be on the open air when you do that. Okay. Okay. That's good. It's good to know for uh, any novices out there that yeah. might try in this stuff. So how long is the car actually? Because everybody's got it. I'm sure picture in their mind. How long is the actual car itself? So our car is two, the vehicle. 240 inches long. Okay. So I give comparison. You know, we're on school. We always try to give comparison. Mm -hmm. So you're like a basketball hoop is 10 foot. Right. That's what 120 inches. Mm -hmm. That's basically two basketball two hoops. hoops okay. And it's long. And we have a 34 foot trailer. So the car goes in the trailer. And then we have a golf cart that pushes the car around the pit area. Try not to run the motor if we don't have to. Because sure. you don't need the extra wear and tear in the fuel and the oil and all that. So we're, we push the car to the starting line, then we start it up and run it, and then we'll pick it up and retrieve it with the golf cart and push it back to the trailer. So okay. that's kind of like our routine. But that car is long, mm -hmm. and they're able to, you know, just by technology advancements, they move. Uh, back when we first started racing these dragsters, the roll cage, all the weight was towards the back third. Sure. Their new designs with these cars is to push the roll cage and motor more towards the middle, so the car has weight in the middle, so it doesn't pick the wheels up. Okay. So you want all four on the ground all the time. Yeah. So there's people that yeah, race yeah. with You've the seen them the wheels, flip them. Yep. And you don't want that going on. Okay. So the new technologies obviously was a smart move for us when we went to this pro charger. We found a manufacturer that was friends with our engine supplier and got this car, and it's been an amazing piece for us. So looking at your equipment that you've worn the the YSU helmet stands out like that, that that's <laughs> really cool um but you obviously have equipment you have the vehicle you got the fuel what else the tires what else goes into a vehicle like this just about everything you could imagine and you know my dad and me own every aspect of a race program we work on every aspect of our program we don't have a team or crew some of the teams we race would just Hey, we got a guy or a girl that flies or that drives our truck to the track. Sure. And it will fly in on Wednesday night, get to the hotel, we'll go to the racetrack, hop in the car, and then we're done on Saturday or Sunday. Sure. We'll hop back on a jet and go home. We don't have that <laughs> right. luxury. You know, we got to, the hardest part about racing is getting to the race and getting home. Yeah. You, know, you see just about everything you can imagine on the road 
So we like to travel at night when there's less traffic, but then obviously you got, you got a 34 foot trailer on the back too. Yeah. I think you're only allowed to have 65 feet on the road. So we're at 64 and oh, three, wow. 64 and three quarter <laughs> or something like that. So I you're mean. basically a semi. Yeah. Coming, coming down the road. Yeah. Okay. And, and you need that. You need, you know, it's your home away from home. Mm -hmm. We have a motor home that pulls the trailer and we stay at the racetrack just because, you know, we have fans and they come to visit us and yeah. we spend as much time as you can. And there's obviously the, the asterisk of the schedule and weather so if it starts raining and they start moving classes around or your expected qualifying times get changed and you got to be at the track there's been times in the hotel days where we were towing with a dually and a trailer we're at the hotel and people are calling us luckily there were cell phones hey we're qualifying in a half hour you better get down here and you're scrambling so when you're at the racetrack yeah. you hear all the you know updates and that's before social media now they're really good about you know projected you know that schedule a schedule b schedule sure. c yeah and if it goes, you know, into a delay of some sort where there's a track issue where they have something with the track wrong, this is a good one. So we're at this all-star list this year. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's uh it's an it's an honor to be at this all-star race. So they take the eight top drivers from each class and they bring them into this event in Virginia. It's called the Pro Stars. Okay. So, you know, it's a winner take all deal. So you can tow all the way down there and run her up and not get any purse. You know, we just race for the trophies. Uh, yeah yeah trophies. yeah just the trophy <laughs> so we go to this race and we qualify and we're you know they do driver introductions so we got to do it up youngstown style so we get shirts bagged up and my dad's doing the hulk hogan you know throwing shirts on the car yeah. everybody hyped up so everybody's behind us at this race they got concerts going on <laughs> so we win first round and you come back down through the pit area and you do a chip draw for you run a second round do a chip draw we win second round so we're in the finals of this race and the guy we're running is a good friend of ours and he goes hey we're broke oh really we're going to get, you know, a layup for a win. Yeah, right. So, you know, we're getting, you know, our shirts ready. and It's not often that you go to the finals knowing you're going to win. So, mm -hmm. usually when you win a race, you got to go back to trailer and rush and get hats for every fan that wants to be in there. And you got stuff to throw out to the fans and, you know, make the whole thing, you know, make it a, an experience for everybody that's down there taking pictures, you know, get right. cameras and all. And you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and go down there with all that stuff and you lose. And you're like, so we go, like, oh, this is cool. So, they have a timing malfunction. Oh boy. So, you know, this is, it's getting into like 10 o'clock, then they got a curfew. So they have this issue with the timing system. Then there's a fire in the tower. The timing system catches fire. So we're like, great. <laughs> then the sprinkler system goes out, floods the tower. Oh geez. So during this downtime, we're trying to keep these fans in the crowd. So then they have a hot dog eating contest trying to, you know, <laughs> fill, it's all live on TV. So they're trying to yeah. get this time filled and First person eats, you know, it's like the hot dog on shape. Oh, yeah. Kind of hot dogs. And his dude uh, hurls <laughs> the hot dog all over the racetracks. So they got to clean this up. Then there's a girl behind this guy that's a second competitor and chokes on the hot dog, goes oh, on cardiac God. arrest. So now they got to like either life flight or ambulance is red coming out of here. So this is like, what could go wrong? Yeah. We'll go wrong. It's yeah. like typical Youngstown stuff. Like, <laughs> it only happens to and where us. was this one at? Virginia. This was in this Virginia. Is okay. Typical, you know, like, it's our lucky day, right? Yeah. So they decide they're going to split the purse yeah. and run the finals in our next race, which is in Michigan. And you know how people like Michigan. Oh, yeah. So we're like, <laughs> oh, great. So this gives this guy an opportunity to fix his car. And now we're going to run for this final, which we'd rather have. We don't want to, you know, ever... Yeah, you take wins any way you can get them. Exactly, but, yeah. But it's obviously good to win when you. It's had to it's race. nice to win when everyone's at full strength. Right. But so this dude. Gets but you'll take strength. it when you get. And 
you know, we run in the, you know, they run our race during this Michigan race, which is also packed. I mean, Michigan packs it every time we go out there and, you know, we give them the OOH when we go oh, yeah. out there. So yeah. we go out there and we run this final and we win. I mean, we, there's, there's like perfection. <laughs> our margin of perfection was like within 10,000 of a second. So we win this wow. race and, you know, we celebrate and then, you know, what's on to the next race and we mm-hmm. end up runner, runner up in the next race. So we go, sure. you know, restart the next day and we go all the way to the finals and then end up runner up. I think we lost by like a thousandth of a second or something. So our races are won and lost by ten thousandths and thousands of a second. And you, you look on the ruler and you're like, how can you go that fast leave it two different times or and be at the finish line and then it come down to like a snap of the finger so like if you had one cookie less the car would have went i mean it's that scientific and it's tough for people to understand oh you lost the race yeah but it was only ten thousandths of a second Mm -hmm. well it's like the vin diesel thing where if it don't matter if you win by an inch or a quarter mile race and whatever he said you know yeah yeah right but that's that's racing Mm -hmm. you can go all the way down to south carolina lose by ten thousands of a second get no purse money and have to travel all the way back to youngstown with that you know in your you know yeah in a your lot. heart that man we we should have won that race and then you got to wait till the next is it a lot of times winner takes all or is it do they it have just that all-star purse? race okay yeah. Which, okay. Which gets you amped up a little bit extra. You know, we always give our best at the start, but when it's on the line like that and there's a crowd like that and they got entertainment like that, it yeah. was just a special place. And we're like, come out with a new car four races in and be in this position. Heck yeah. That's pretty special. So um this is obviously uh <laughs> I, I loved in your bio you put hobby because this yeah. is this is uh an elaborate hobby. We'll 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 say it like that. This is more of a uh more than full-time uh, job. Yeah, <laughs> this is a more than a full-time job. You you and your dad are your full team. You got the vehicle. You got all the stuff that goes into it. I, I see a lot of sponsors on your shirt. Do you want to give any of them a shout-out and, like, tell us? I mean, this is not a cheap thing to do either. So you want to you wanna tell us a little bit about your sponsors, a little bit about what goes into it financially. You don't have to throw out dollar it's, figures or anything like that. But So, you know, it's always difficult to find funding. And I think since... The 2020 experience it gave people an out yeah to a refresh so mm-hmm. you know it gave people an opportunity to sit back and say we're going to reset our marketing budgets and redirect them most of our marketing partners have been with us for 10 15 20 some 30 years and that's because of the value that they get from our race program you know sure. we run our own social media run our own marketing and on and off the track they're going to get exposure daily so mm-hmm. whether it's social media like lucas oil is our, one of our main sponsors and trust me i got people at work that don't even know where the gas cap is on their card (laughs) right and they're buying lucas oil at walmart just to support lucas oil but Mm -hmm. their product also works and people don't know their product works unless you show people their product works so that's been uh, a strategy of ours with branding lately with social media short form video and long-term videos educate the public what our associates provide value for the common consumer mm-hmm. so i mean lucas oil got car detailing products if you want to wash your car and drive you can wipe your car down they got you know you can increase your fuel mileage and get a little bit more performance out of your car they have products for that so we're able to educate people about that yeah and the most question sponsor or associate we have on a race car is salt life they're like what are a bunch of northerners see, yeah. doing with salt life yeah. on their car and the reason why we're involved with salt life is is we're from the north coast right the fourth coast the best coast mm-hmm. so 
most of their consumer demographic, a majority of it is actually from up this way. You wouldn't think of it, but if you go on the highway or you go down the street or even any parking lot, you see stickers. Oh, everywhere. yeah. And people are, you know, we'll cash in 51 weeks of work so we can go to Florida for one week. And mm -hmm. we're the ones buying the stickers to show people, oh, we went to the Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they often joke with us, like, you guys don't live by the beach. We're like, yeah. But, but we appreciate it the most when we go. Right. <laughs> and then days like this, look outside. Snow, you know, yep. My dad works for ODOT in the wintertime and he's, you know, he's living a Salt Lake dumping salt on the road. That's right true. Now. So, I mean, it's kind of like a unique sponsorship, but they appreciate the value that they get through that experience because, you know, we're promoting up this way, typically where their demographic will be Florida, Carolina, sure. California, you know, living this, you know, their motto is surf, dive, fish, and we're big fishing enthusiasts. So we're able to, you know, when we go to Florida with some of our teammates with Salt Lake, we're able to fish and contribute to that. But, you know, it's a lifestyle brand and mm -hmm. we're just trying to let people know that, you know, up north give them a little bit of hope, you know, and you see a Salt Life and be like, I went to Virginia Beach this week, or I went there. You know, like they're bragging about vacations. Yeah, it's a, it's almost a state of mind. It is, you know, with that. So it's, it's island time. It's like the Jimmy Buffett <laughs> method. Exactly. Yeah, change your latitude. Yeah. We love Youngstown, but we we just want some of more of that Florida weather, yeah. that Carolina weather up here, uh, especially this time of year when you look out in uh, you know mid January and it's a uh, not ideal outside. Right. So. This so speaking of that, January, February, not you're not going to be racing up here in Ohio. This we, is not prime time. We used to have an off season. Mm -hmm. Now the car is on a little vacation from October through March. Okay, but we're constantly hustling. You talked about these associates. We got to do whatever we can to keep them happy, and obviously try to get them, you know, to record years and contribute. So yeah. we're all, we're doing personal appearances. We're doing whatever we can. And the hardest part about the off season is convincing some of these folks that they need to be aboard for next season. Mm -hmm. You know, one of our associates got their budget cut by I think half a million dollars this year, and we're still one of their top teams. So it shows you the value in our product. And they could have just said, you know what, we're going to take this money. We're you know funding yeah. and investing in your race program. Put it elsewhere. They they want involved in this program. Yeah. Then it gets you frustrated. You know, I played college football and ended up doing these NIL deals. Mm -hmm. How much some of these student athletes are making. And if I'd have been educated about the NIL deal a little bit more, I think that would have been more valuable to our brand. So I 100%. went to school for marketing and merchandising, and that's helped me immensely with yeah. you know presenting ourselves to some of these people and doing what we got to do to brand. And a lot of not a lot of race teams are branded. Mm -hmm. and we have a brand that's recognized through you know through globally actually yeah recognized globally people from social media just reach out constantly and we got family members who are able to help translate some of that stuff so we can communicate with these folks and that's the where it is so there's no off season for us anymore so it's you know sleep's overrated is our <laughs> off season motto so we're constantly going hard as we can yeah. and then once we get to that level you know where we feel we're comfortable then it's time to go racing again. And we're con, you know, we're making a couple of safety improvements to our car this off season. That's pretty much the big news with our race operation. Okay. Just a couple, couple of tweaks here and there just to make things safer, especially at the speeds we're going and just do what we can in the community. There's a lot of events coming up that we're going to be involved with. And, you know, we try to do whatever we can. You know, that holiday parade we had during the Christmas tree lighting and yeah. all that. It was remarkable to see 15,000 people downtown. And we were mm -hmm. able to get a car from one of our associates, Haas Auto Group, and in right yeah. yeah so we go through the parade and get that perspective from the parade route and it, it almost brings tears tears to your eyes everybody's you know youngstown is youngstown everybody runs their mouth 
But there's 15,000 people out there and ain't a single person complaining. And it can be 10 feet of snow. It could be mm -hmm. 30 below zero. And everybody's out there with the hope of Christmas and bringing it. It's like the Whoville Christmas. The tree lights <laughs> and everybody's, right. everybody's around a Christmas tree. Now, one year, I think our tree snapped in half. And it was like they put a two-by, quarter foot about together. Yeah. Then the other time, we went for the tree lighting. And then we went to eat at either Avalon or V2 and came back out. And the fire department's out there <laughs> putting the tree out because the tree was on fire. I'm like, this is Youngstown. I mean, just yeah. try so hard. You know, and, and Youngstown, you know, there's, there's a lot of – there's a lot of – um unfortunate events that have happened in Youngstown. There's yeah. a lot, but there is so much good in this city. It's awesome. I love that you're a huge proponent of it. Um, and, and that's what we need. We need more of guys like you, uh, guys like Joe Danier in the back that, that lift this city up because there is anyone from Youngstown loves Youngstown. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of the, the, a lot of the negative talk about Youngstown comes from outsiders that have maybe, drove down South Avenue one time and, and never been back here again. Or it's like, I've heard stories about this from this and this, or, or like, are you guys still involved in the mob? And like, what is this 1978 or something? Well, you know, it's like, funny come on. thing is when we go racing, <laughs> racing down South, we hit the Carolinas. They still think we're fighting civil war. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's legit. Like they hate people from the North. Mm -hmm. so Yankees. They see the Ohio plates <laughs> and they're like, what's, you know, they give you that look. And these people, you know, sometimes people don't know who we are. And we're like, yeah, we're from Youngstown, Ohio. And they're like, oh, really? And they give you that, oh, really? <laughs> I'm not going to mess and with it, this guy. And they're like, what's your last name? Martino? Yeah. Like, oh, all right, come over for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's it's a little bit of muscle flex. And, then, you know, we, I got to read the helmet. We, we did our helmet this year. We usually do a theme that's that's matches the paint job. And we were always like, yeah. oh, we got to do a Youngstown State helmet. Yeah. So we did a Youngstown State helmet. And it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. And the feedback you get everywhere we go in the country, either somebody knows somebody mm -hmm. from Youngstown or went to Youngstown State. They know Trestle. They know football. I mean, just a great conversation piece for fans and fellow racers. And <laughs> we had somebody come up to us last year. You guys went to Wyoming? What's the Y on a helmet? So I said, <laughs> are you for real? Wyoming? <laughs> <laughs> down south you know yeah. their education not as high quality as up here in uh yeah. the north or northeast ohio but uh so we get a lot we have a lot of fun <laughs> when we're on the road. that's good that's good and, and i'm unfortunately in the minority of my last name doesn't end in a vowel so uh but martino you go anywhere and uh and you're from youngstown no no one's messing with no one's messing with you and your yeah. dad so i love it um when you guys travel anybody else go with you or is it just you guys some one of my dad's brothers you know if there's a race where everybody's got families now so yeah it's yeah difficult right to hit the road but sometimes they'll come to the races with us and in it the race atmosphere has changed so much we're mm -hmm. constant we're at the racetrack there's no downtime when i tell people you know like if you had we tell some of these associates from involved with their perspective associates if you had to pay somebody 12 hours you know you'd be an Four hours overtime, you have to pay their hotel. So, so we're constantly working for these companies. So we're meeting with media constantly, fans constantly, roaming the pits. We'll go up in the stands with the fans. And once they find out what they're going to go nuts, they take pictures with you, sign autographs. Yeah, It's part of the experience. We have to be human. You know, mm -hmm. we have to be able to be with the common people. Yeah. Because if oh, the yeah. common people can relate to you and your fan base grows and your support grows, and then obviously, you know, bigger following we have, especially on social media, the stronger we are when it comes time. For funding, you said earlier about the funding of this race program. There's just never enough funding. You know, everywhere oh, yeah. we go, I think we were paying up to almost six dollars a gallon for diesel last year. And when they went through that spike in the summer, it was mm -hmm. just tough to get to the race. So 
there's times when you go race and you win, you're still in debt. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things. And if you don't race hungry, you could be in some serious trouble. You got to park this car three races in because you don't have enough budget to go through the whole season. Sure. So that's part of that deal. So my dad and me, every race. Mm-hmm. So he won't race and you know, if, without me there. It's like, you know, the dynamic Batman and Robinson. Yeah, deal. right. My mom will go to some races, but she gets bored at times because we're constantly going. People are stopping by the trailer. like, And she helps out a lot, too. Like, yeah, hey, Ryan right. and Tom are doing this. They'll be back. So she's able to, you know, delegate some of that stuff. And then uncles go to the racetrack, and, I, and they're like, well, what do you want us to do? Or like, just sit in a chair, relax. <laughs> yeah. We need help. We need help. And right. they, they are a big help. And the hardest part about racing is when we get to the starting line, you're pushing with this golf cart. You got to get this golf cart out of the way and this car started and on the track. And it happens now. So I, if it's just me and him, the golf cart often just stays somewhere where it's out of the way. But I got to go retrieve it at some point. Sure. So it's kind of like one of those deals where it'd, it'd be nice to have a third person. And, you know, I'm doing all the social media content, too. So we're, mm-hmm. we're in battle and it's like people want to see how we're doing and what we're doing because sometimes they they can't tune in because they're on the road or they can't watch us on live stream or live TV. Yeah. So I got to keep them updated. What's going on? Text blowing up. So I got to get video and photo content is not the easiest. A third person would definitely be a help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now we're looking for more associates for the race program. You know, we have a couple of spots on the car that need filled. We had a couple of sponsors that, you know, their budgets were, were completely cut for the year and we have to just live with that. And, and you know, it's one of those things where, I wish I would have did this to keep her. I wish sure. I did that. I wish I said that. We leave it all on the table. It's like if you're getting from me representation, no matter what. If we if we can't, if there's no more we can give. You know, we sure. give it our all. We can't do it. So if there's any businesses out there that want to jump on, reach out to us. You yeah, know, willing to do that. And it's like the old Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. We'll do it. We'll put anything <laughs> on that car. <laughs> yep, I love it. So how can people reach out to you? I did put um, the. Martino Motorsports out on our social, but uh, just tell people directly how they can get out, get in touch with you guys. All right, so our social media handles are at Martino Motorsports, and we're on everything that we can be mm-hmm. on. We're on, uh, you know, Instagram's our strongest, you know, because of all the social media. Yeah, TikTok, we're strong on TikTok, strong on YouTube, strong on Facebook. Threads, I still can't figure that out. It was hot <laughs> for like two weeks. And I didn't bother out. with that one. Yeah, and then X, we're mm-hmm. kind of like. Okay, it's you know, for the demographics of racing, Instagram's probably our hottest one. And for mm-hmm. the older demographics, Facebook, Facebook is probably yep. where it's you know, we go to the races sometimes and people are pulling the Facebook out and we're like, <laughs> you can tell who's the Facebook yep. and then who's the Instagram. Oh, yeah. And then TikTok is just we got some funny stories where people, you know, we're very approachable, but kids are funny because they don't they're afraid to come up to you. So they're like looking and we're like, come on over. Yeah, so yeah. come on over. He's like, Dad, that's a kid from TikTok. And my dad like <laughs> fell on the ground laughing. He's like, what? And that's happened. Like, I mean, every race rat are like, I'm a dude from TikTok. <laughs> it's amazing that you know your stuff goes global and people have never met you a day in your life. Yeah. That's us throughout time. I met Matt Rife a couple months ago, and you know, we follow him on TikTok. Yeah. I go to a lot of different events just to get cross marketing to see him. Hey, if they're doing something that way, maybe mm-hmm. we can adopt this to racing and then form some kind of deal and then we could start doing this with racing. So I mean, Matt Rife. So I've seen this dude on his stand up. Mm-hmm. I've seen him live. I've seen him, you know, pictures. I watched some of his YouTube vlogs. He has his on the road with Rife. So I'm watching yeah, this stuff yeah. like he's going to museums. He's a big history buff. So, so I feel like I know this dude. So yeah. I meet this guy. I'm like, hey, what's up, Matt? And it's like, like we're friends. Like, 
like we went to college together like we're just reconnecting <laughs> yeah. it's weird how you get this relation with people through social media that you're actually a part of the family or friend group and you meet these people and it's like there's no awkward situation it's mm -hmm. like it's it's weird and me and matt were talking as managers like hey we gotta get back to the hotel we gotta get on a plane he's like no nah, we're cool you know he you know he had talked yeah. about coming out to a race with us but it's cool because these fans are able to just come up to us and meet yeah. us and interact with us and it, it just you know is it all worth it? It sure it is. The approachableness is is really great. Yeah. So that and then the the access to the vehicles yeah. and you know like like I said from the beginning, it's like everybody thinks of those Hot Wheel cars and it's mm -hmm. like as a little kid, is there anything cooler than that? You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So you guys are are making uh this fun for yeah. people that might not know about it you're also giving that early education for for kids maybe like you said stem or that just maybe want to learn more about it like i i would consider myself a, a huge novice of this like i love vehicles i appreciate them but i don't know all the nuts and bolts that go into it um but i think this is a super super cool thing um we're kind of up against it on time but i would love to have you back before race season oh, yeah, or during race season yeah. we I, I know Joe and I would love to come down and, you know, get some video and some footage. Maybe we could do like a pre-race, uh, pre-race check-in or something yeah. sometime. So, uh, maybe at the Norwalk track, yeah, absolutely. um, would be kind of cool. So, uh, we'll, we'll touch base, but, uh, give us your social one more time. Um, uh, so people maybe can uh, reach out to you guys it's at Martino motorsports. All right, so we will make sure we put that out on our Youngstown Studio page, on our 330 page. But make sure to give uh, Ryan and Martino Motorsports, excuse me, uh, a follow. Great content, awesome stuff out there. And um, it's really cool because you don't have to sit through a four-hour race. Right. You're, you're, I mean, you're, it's... You only need to pay attention for three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's exciting three seconds. So, uh, really cool stuff out there. So, Ryan, can't thank you enough for going down. Go Penguins! Yep. Uh, we appreciate all your support of Youngstown in this community and, and love what you're doing out there. And we're gonna have you back not just for uh, the racing stories. I want some more court stories yeah, too. We do we'll, we'll do that in the future. So, uh, so uh, for Joe Danier in the back, uh, I'm Justin. I want to thank. Uh, Ryan for coming down. We will uh, get more stories from Ryan going forward in the future, but uh, everyone enjoy your weekend. Um, and unfortunately the Browns aren't playing, but uh, it is what it is, but enjoy your weekend. Everybody have a great one and we will be back next Wednesday live from Penguin City. So we will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Thank you for your support.